Hello guys, welcome to the 2030 podcast. My name is Timothy Otieno. <laughs> my name is Joshua Fonorenzo. <laughs> you are just killing my enthusiasm to pop. Umebastio bubble to you. Pole, pole sana. So from the rest of this episode, that's all tunaandakuwa na note to ya. Pole sana, pole sana. No, the topic at hand needs some energy, some enthusiasm. Yeah, it needs uh, some yeah, energy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So welcome guys. Welcome back to the 2030 podcast. Thanks for sticking around with us throughout this month and for the next couple of weeks we're going to be having a conversation revolving around the topic surviving Kenya. We all know we live here for those of you who are outside there maybe lived here at some point you know some of the struggles that we've gone through here in our country some of the issues that we've been facing here in our country and for many of us young guys the fact for majority of the young guys in the country they are the ones who are suffering the most they're the ones who are feeling the pinch the most we are the ones who are right in between some of those issues we are in the place of transition transitioning from from uh, from school to employment from employment to trying starting a business to getting married to doing all manner of things we are somehow in the midst of all these things and for many of us who just barely trying to survive we're just trying to make it from one day to the next without going broke without dying without complaining too much without corona without corona and all these other things <laughs> i mean there's a lot that there are many odds that may be against us but the whole point of this conversation is not to complain but rather to highlight and try and see what we can do as young people to navigate through these tricky times mm-hmm. through this tough economic climate through the 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 in spite of the unemployment rate in spite of the issues that are being faced in our country how can we build ourselves as individuals and actually make it through these tough times mm-hmm. so surviving kenya is uh, the new series we'll be working on for the next couple of weeks exactly uh, we begin with the issue of unemployment exactly a big challenge in this country Josh yeah. we you and I both live here we know the challenge of unemployment in yeah. this country we see it we hear it we see it we hear it you go on twitter you probably see it every other day every other even today exactly exactly <laughs> it's a, it's something recurring it's something that doesn't seem to have a clear cut solution particularly for me one thing that i found a major challenge is in the aspect of job creation you see mm-hmm. We are growing in population. We saw from the from the census that our population has actually grown. Yeah, 47 million now. So we are at we are 47 million now. 47 million. Yeah. Up from up from I think 39 million. Up from 39 million in the past in 2009, day, yeah. In 2009 yet from just from 2017 to 2018 alone we've seen a decrease in job creation from 910,000 mm-hmm. to about 8 to about 814,000 those are thousands tens of thousands 100,000 less uh, jobs exactly created in 2019 yeah. compared to 2018 the population is increasing but the job creation is, is decreasing, decreasing. Exactly. and it's very just look at it over the last two years yeah. Josh yeah. You can mention the number of companies that are folded. Ever ready when? Exactly. Cadbury went back to South Africa. Look at that. We saw uh, Sportpesa 
closed shop exactly with all the good and the employment and the sponsorships it had been doing and many of those betting also went yeah. those big betting companies yeah. have actually now non-existent yeah. in less than a year exactly. like a time like this one year ago all those you would not have there. imagined yeah. exactly. that there would be no sport person one year making, down the line exactly they're actually making major waves in our country exactly. on top of all the others look at the flower farms that went last year imagine remember the flower farm in Naivashara 400 people 400 people are being laid off and they're being told at the, end of this, at the end of this year 400 of you are going to be losing your job imagine and imagine and I was trying to think to myself 400 people if those 400 people were all breadwinners for their homes. Those are 400 homes who have no idea how they're gonna feed themselves come January. They don't know how they're gonna pay for their children's school fees come January. Those are issues that are being faced by real people every day. Those are things that happen. Look at look at the state of supermarkets, for example. The close of Nakomat. Who would have ever thought? Would have ever thought that? And in such Imagine. a quick span of time, so quickly. It went down. We saw uh, we saw Chumi, which was which Chumi. was the first one that we actually saw happening. And we it were all down. raised by products of Chumi. Exactly. We grew up with we Uchumi. grew up with in Chumi in every place. All these other supermarkets came later, but we grew up with Chumi ever since we were young. And come to see it struggling as it did up until now, that we can wow. see that that that, that we can compare it to the level of local kiosks now. Imagine, imagine, and not only that, there's also East East Africa Portland Cement exactly. Company which closed shop. Exactly, and even those who survived, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. Many of them are now merging. We've seen banks merge. Exactly. We've seen those mergers happening exactly. and layoffs. KQ has done layoffs. Yeah. Media houses have done layoffs. Yeah. So it's the the environment. Basically, even if you're not an expert, even from a layman's perspective, yeah. you'd notice that there is something not right exactly. with Kenya's employment scene over the last couple of years. Exactly, and so concerned, especially because of the fact of how dramatically it's actually been progressing. It seems like it has just happened in such a short span of time that so much has happened. I mean. We saw last year in 2019, the Kenya Bureau of Statistics was was telling us that between uh, between was it between a span in a span of six months within the year of 2019, mm-hmm. we saw 388 companies <laughs> just go just like that. They were recorded gone, finished, just like that. 388 within a span of six months. That's a crazy statistic. The reason why this, you know. This may all seem like theory, it may seem like just statistics on paper, but those are real people, those are real lives, those are potential internships, those are potential jobs for people, those are, those are breadwinners for their homes, those are, those are women feeding their children, single mothers feeding their children, those are fathers, those are single fathers trying to feed their children, those are young guys just getting out of college, trying to start up their lives or getting laid off just like that. And now trying to figure out what they're gonna do, Not and it's, gonna be, and yeah. that's just to paint a picture of, of how crazy things have been over the over the past couple of years. And I know that you that that, that the people listening, that many people out there have been feeling that pinch. Exactly. The how hard it seems to be to actually get a job is it's it's quite extraordinary in my opinion. No, they say normally they say in Kenya for you yeah. to get a job you have to know 
someone, someone. Yeah. unless you're starting your own business yeah, yeah. which in that case you still have to know someone mm-hmm. apparently to help you pay for the mm-hmm. uh, the certificates mm-hmm. and all that maneuver those approvals mm-hmm. quick mm-hmm. enough and it's a sad reality I, uh, it, it's a reality it's a, it's a sad reality like yeah. i mentioned yeah. that sometimes it has to go down to who do i know uh-huh. to be able to make to get ahead in life yeah, yeah. so to speak because yeah. there's so many talented people but what always annoys me even more yeah is the fact that the few employment opportunities that are there yeah. either given to people who are not competent mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. either given to people who have um outlived their productive years so to speak yeah, yeah. Or given nepotism, given to your relative or your, or your friend, you, I, I I think we all remember just recently the most recent one mm-hmm. because there have been many. The most recent one mm-hmm. is just do you know there's a authority known as the employment. Uh, I think it's called the Employment Authority of Kenya. Do you know that? I don't know. That. You don't know there's a body like that. No. Well, news for you: there is an an an, an authority, a government, state department mm-hmm. known as the Employment Authority of Kenya. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was started in 2016 mm-hmm. by an act of parliament and is under the Ministry of Labor. Now this authority mm-hmm. is supposed mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to say try to say this without cracking because it, it's a joke. It's supposed to help youth mm-hmm. get internship in public institutions. Now according to the mandate of that authority mm-hmm. the law that has gave, given the authority life mm-hmm. dictates, dictates that the the authority has to create an online database mm-hmm. and record mm-hmm. the information and details of all young persons looking for employment okay. their areas of expertise okay. and then link them to government state agencies or bodies or organs mm-hmm. that have vacancies of internships okay. within Uh, their ranks mm-hmm. guess how many people have gotten internships through the employment authority of Kenya when was this first of all when <laughs> was this set up 2016 to set up in 2016, 2016 so, so it's now four years old it's, it's four years old yeah. so and you're hearing it now this is the first imagine time and i know you josh you are a knowledgeable person so this, 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 this is the first time i've heard of it okay fine so in those four years how many people not more than 100 are you serious not more than 100 people and even that 100 is questionable <laughs> and in fact the reason why this came into being yeah. it's infamous in fact i knew it a majority of people mm-hmm. who perhaps are not hearing it for the first time through this episode mm-hmm. know of the employment authority of kenya because mm-hmm. the head of state appointed a former member of parliament mm-hmm. an old lady who I'll not mention the name mm-hmm. as the head of the employment authority of Kenya a lady who is past her 60s mm-hmm. and it brought an uproar that's how even i got to know about oh so there's an organ mm-hmm. this is an organ that has directors mm-hmm. has a head mm-hmm. people who draw salaries mm-hmm. perhaps get benefits mm-hmm. are insured mm-hmm. have access to loans car loans mortgage each and every year you have mentioned that the country declined 100,000 jobs less in 2019 compared to 2018 and we have such authorities yeah. so it 
there's a big question mark even when you just come to that alone. <laughs> Not only that, the year before that, 2018, mm-hmm. we saw again the APRO when the head of state decided to appoint uh, our 90, then 91 year old, I'm assuming now will be 93 years old, mm-hmm. to, head, to head the sports fan. And people were like, come on, this guy was vice president for a number of years he was a member of parliament he was a cabinet mm-hmm. minister he mm-hmm. has done He's as part, much as and the best could. he could yeah. during yeah. the time in That's which yeah. surely yeah. in a country of 47 million people there you cannot part. tell me there, there would not be other there's no other person who would have filled that position except a 91 year old you can't tell me there's not one single competent person can fill that position exactly head of a sports fan it's fascinating it, it, it is it's fascinating, it's fascinating because it just seems like the climate is becoming harsher and harsher for young people it seems like it's becoming harsher and harsher for people that it, it's getting to a point that it feels like the the, the 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 economy the climate is actually swallowing up its people mm-hmm. it's swallowing up its people with empty promises it's swallowing up its people with hefty taxes it's swallowing up its people most especially with greed mm-hmm. there's so much greed out there that everywhere you turn somebody seems to be asking you for something, something. to get you somewhere Yet told, you're trying to get somewhere mm. to get that something. Funny story, over the weekend I was yeah. told by someone yeah. that it's so ridiculous that uh, there's a friend of mine who was going to apply for something at City Hall, mm-hmm. Nairobi's City Hall, mm-hmm. in one of the rooms in one of those offices. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, if you've ever been to City it has many wings. I think mm-hmm. it has like four different wings. Mm-hmm. So apparently Kumbe in City Hall, if you want to get directions to an office, mm-hmm. you have to pay someone. The person who gives you that direction <laughs> will demand something small. Wow. Out <laughs> out of it. Wow. I was shocked wow. to hear that story. I wow. real life just two days ago is when I was being told. And that's the culture that's out there. That's 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 it's almost like the expectation. Let me tell you my own personal experience. Mm. That was now almost like it was a contrast to actually what we see as normal. Mm-hmm. There's a time I was reapplying for um, for a particular document of mine mm-hmm. in one of the government offices, and I remember when I went there, I I, I I met with a particular. I went there late just before they closed the offices, and I went to the lady and I said, "I need I need this thing replaced. Mm-hmm. I need this particular document of mine to be replaced," mm-hmm. and. She said, okay, um, go do this, that, and that, and bring it back to me before we close. I'll sort this out for you. I was like, okay, fine. So I went, printed whatever I needed to print online, brought it to her just before they closed, and she took it in to go and uh, to, to go and replace those documents for me. So normally that thing should actually have taken a process. And I remember when I was standing in line just before I actually uh, spoke with that lady who was to attend to me, mm-hmm. as a man who was standing there who said he had been trying to get the same document that I was trying to get for months. He was trying to actually get it for months and he said that the only way to get this document is by giving somebody something. So that's the culture. That's something that we know as normal. But one thing that I applauded with this lady, but this was a very different experience for me. It so happened mm. that when that evening reached, I remember she, t- she, she told me, just write your number down. Um, just write your number down. I'll, 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 I'll let you know when this thing is ready. Mm. 
by that evening, by the time I got home, the lady sent me a message and actually sent me a message on WhatsApp. Funny enough, mm. it's ready. That, that, that document telling me it's ready, and she actually sent it to me. I was like, oh my goodness. You know, the first thought that came to my mind. I'm like, no, no, no the, not lucky. I was like, I'm going to have to, to pay. pay for all this. <laughs> Mind you, whatever I was coming for is a free service. It's not something that yeah. I should actually pay for. However, in my mind, with the speed at which she actually processed that document for me, I was like, for sure, she's going to ask for something. For sure. It's and so by cancer. the next day that I actually went to go, I was thinking to myself, I need to carry some money and actually take this thing to, to this lady and all that. But one thing that I applauded this lady, she never once asked me for anything. anything. I went there, she gave me the document, take it, go. That was it. Nice. I said, thank you, and that was it. In fact, I stood there, I lingered a little bit. I was like, nothing. Even later on, that evening, when I went home, I still thought that she sent me a message, a text, or something. You understand? They are honorable people. Thank God. Sometimes such stories give me hope as a person. Indeed. There are at least there's there's some good left exactly. in society. Not all hope is lost. Exactly. Fortunate, and you can imagine if you had such people just springing up in different departments all over this country, how much of a difference that would actually make. It, it would because make you see, the thing is this, it's a culture now that has been created. You see, that greed has become a culture ingrained in our society that we have come to see it as something normal. That we, we, we expect to bribe somebody at some point in our adult life and it ought not to be so. We expect to pay some policeman somewhere. We expect to pay some government official somewhere something that they should not be paid for. For to give us a service that should be given to us for free that they are also being paid for. They're actually earning a salary for what they deliver that. Exactly. Exactly. But let me tell you something. Greed is not a function of how much you have of how much you have or don't have. Mm. I do not believe that if people were increased their salary, they'd be any less greedy. Mm. No. That's why you'll see somebody who's who's earning 10,000 to those who are earning, earning hundreds of millions still Jill. asking for bribes, yes. still stealing from, uh, stealing from people's pockets, yeah. still stealing from the poor, yeah. stealing money that they did not earn. Greed is not a function of how much you do have or how much you don't have. The function is that an, that's entirely a mentality that people have. And the issue is our culture has now developed that greed to a point that now it's killing the people. It's mm. killing the talent in our country. It's killing the giftings in our country. Mm. I find it so sad when I see, I remember I recently saw a video on Instagram from a DJ. A DJ was posting about how um, there are some government officials who are coming to take away his equipment because he hadn't paid royalties that particular month. <laughs> and he was saying, and he was complaining in that video, he was saying that you are supposed to give me notice, at least one month's notice before you come and actually do this to me. But those guys were coming in the morning and taking away his items. And what made, what, why I felt so sad about that story is because that man was saying that I have struggled to I've been struggling to pay my employees. I've been struggling just to pay my office space. And he said, I give up on this whole thing. 
I give up. Like I can't do this anymore. If it reaches a point where somebody as established as that person exactly. is losing hope completely because he or she feels the system has let them down. And mm. you know, most of this time we usually ask ourselves, like you give an example of royalties yeah. and uh, MCSK. We just saw recently last year <laughs> the controversy that it had yeah. of artists getting a paltry mm. 2,500 mm. shillings mm. and they were asking mm. from January mm-hmm. to December <laughs> some of those artists who are getting 2,530 bob yeah. Yeah. Mm. are people who have been nominated for international awards. Exactly. People who have been nominated for continental awards. People who are gathering. Where does this money go? People who are gathering. Where does this royalty go? Millions of views on the YouTube platforms and all, all, all these streaming sites are gathering millions of views. Yet, where does the money go? In the span of one year. One year. Absolutely fascinating. I'm telling you 2500 is not even money you can give a high schooler's pocket money now. Okay. You can't. <laughs> It's the truth. You can't. Yeah. You no, can't. you try you but, try, let me tell but, you. You try live of 2500 for a see, month. reward I would ask this perhaps Josh then yeah. what then do we as youth need to do then to create this opportunity because if if the population is increasing yeah. job opportunities are declining yeah. government policies are uh, not really favoring the youth let me be honest mm-hmm. we had before I even ask you this question we had the youth enterprise fund mm-hmm. that was supposed to help the youth who want to start a business come together mm-hmm consolidate efforts yeah, yeah, that yeah. fund first of all was consolidated it was merged the youth enterprise fund mm-hmm. and uh, i think the women's fund mm-hmm. there's another affirmative action fund mm-hmm. there are about four of them that all of us had then mm-hmm. without consultation anything the government decides we are banding these things up together it's now one mm-hmm. one fund and even that notwithstanding mm-hmm. even as a young person mm-hmm. right now if yeah. you go mm-hmm. you say i have an idea nataka kuanzisha place pa chipo I go and apply for funding mm-hmm. from the youth fund. Mm-hmm. My friend the bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. First of all you are told you have to be I think I think not less than three members. Mm-hmm. You have to be in a group for not less than six months. Mm-hmm. There are so many bottlenecks mm-hmm. that would prevent anyone like getting access to that money is mm-hmm. not easy. There's mm-hmm. so many bottlenecks. You have to be in a group, you have to have been together for a couple of months you have to have some capital joint capital in a joint bank account mm-hmm. and the average youth mm-hmm. for instance there's some businesses where you want to start it on your own mm-hmm. you are genuinely looking for capital mm-hmm. to kick start your business. For example, look but at the some, bottlenecks yeah. that have been put in place yeah. are so many it discourages you yeah. from even trying to attempt to imagine someone just trying to fund someone who just wants to sell snacks all hey. he just wants is a no mwangeti lazima awe kwa Chama. Imagine mtu anataka tu ku set up trolley ya kuza smoking. 
and for me, if I can just get that trolley to sell my smokies and capital to buy those first couple of packets, I'm going to be good. And they're going to tell him that he needs to have two other members to be with him to start that business. Not only that, recently the government removed, initially, you know, there was the interest rate cap mm-hmm. uh, that uh, the placed uh, banks were not supposed to charge interest of more than 4% of what the central bank recommends and the central bank recommends 10%, so not more than 14%. 14%. Mm-hmm. That law, they kind of uh, did a trial and error of it. Late last year, they killed it. They said it's not working, the economy is not growing, it's stagnating. And so they have let interest rates, they have let it basically at the mercy of bank accounts, okay. much to the detriment of SMEs because SMEs had welcomed the move by government you know if you set a fixed if the government sets interest rates will not go past 14 percent mm-hmm. then it limits exploitation mm-hmm. by banks mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. as it is now banks are now free you can borrow and you'll spend even 23 percent on top as interest mm-hmm. depending mm-hmm. on what they want mm-hmm. so the challenge was and even smes and their leadership have always complained about this saying mm-hmm. if you let banks dictate then the rate of interest they'll be charging on their loans, mm-hmm. then you leave us SMEs vulnerable to mm-hmm. exploitation. We are already struggling. The economy is not growing as much as mm-hmm. it should be. Mm-hmm. That law would have helped. But now the advisors or the financial advisors that be, for some reason, say the economy stagnated mm-hmm. because of that mm-hmm. law and there was a bit of investors were not... Mm-hmm really comfortable in yeah. investing into the country with that so yeah. now that notwithstanding just personally i feel that that law mm-hmm. uh, of capping the interest rates really would have helped smes mm-hmm. because that means i can go mm-hmm. borrow and i know exactly. i'm not gonna pay more than For this two, amount so i can exactly. plan it's myself it's but right now the girl, the bank can change that rate and at any time true. without notice and you will have to pay it's if you true. don't Auction, yes, exactly. with their little business. So exactly. the environment has really seems a bit more hostile than actually very hostile, and especially to SMEs and startups yeah. and people want to start their own business. And I've had and I've had a lot of complaints. For example, I've had a couple of complaints of the expensive rate of, of, of getting a license. For example, especially within the CBD. For example, if somebody wants to yes. set up an establishment within the CBD, it's crazy. The licenses are crazy, it's and crazy. the number of things you have to pay for. For example, for, from a fire extinguisher to the signages that you have to go those are all things that have to be paid for and it's crazy how hefty the payments are it's crazy how people come after you with full force to try and take something from you you have seen the way hawkers run exactly i mean i mean i mean it's quite saddening to be quite honest policies need to be put in place to make it a bit to make the environment really fair and comfortable Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember there's a time, I think in 2018 or something, mm-hmm. the president met uh, SMEs mm-hmm. uh, at one of those forums mm-hmm. uh, and he he spoke so eloquently and he spoke so passionately and with a lot of favor saying SMEs need not struggle because basically, truth be told, they are the backbone mm-hmm. of this economy and he promised to have a separate sit-down meeting mm-hmm. with the SMEs mm-hmm. um, to try and iron out some of those issues of bank rates and loans and expansion of businesses. The licensing is mm-hmm. a nightmare, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. 
up to today, I met one of those people who were in that room that mm-hmm. day, like I think two, three weeks ago, mm-hmm. who was even asking me mm-hmm. to try and highlight what happened to the president's pledge mm-hmm. of meeting us and talking to us. Mm-hmm. Because there are some of the, you know, these utterances that are made in public, mm-hmm. but if you go back and follow up or something ever done, mm-hmm nothing appears to have happened so as much as also we need that as you do mention mm-hmm. self-initiative and integrity on an individual level mm-hmm. i feel for our policy makers let yeah. me say that i don't say political leaders policy makers people who sit around and decide x and y for this country mm-hmm. they really need to really really put the interest of the Mwananchi first. And sometimes I feel the problem is there's that disconnect. Maybe sometimes those are people who are supposed to make decisions have never hustled. Until Josh, you know the pain of sleeping hungry or walking to work, you'll not appreciate 50 bob when you get it. You will not. You will not. Sometimes the people who make the decisions for the country, the elite, so to speak, the elite, 99% 99% of the elite highly have not experienced yeah. struggle or pain. So mm. there is a big disconnect. Mm. Or when they got to the place where they got to, they seem to have just forgotten. They seem exactly. to have just wiped off completely all that they went through. Exactly. And forget what it took for them to get there. And so when they see somebody who's going through what they went through, they ignore it. No, they don't, they don't ignore it. They call you lazy. They call you lazy. Yeah. They say, Sufanya Vilemini Lifanya. Sufanya Vilemini Exactly. Exactly. I, 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 I saw a very interesting clip the other day. Um, there's a man called Vuzi. There's a South African man called a businessman. He's called Vuzi. And he mentioned about, he gave a very interesting perspective about um, uh, what it means to make it in Africa, what it takes to actually make it in Africa. And they're saying that if you look at your country, if you look at your country, mm-hmm. and in that country, that the top five most powerful, it said that the, if the top five most powerful people are the top five richest people in the country, then it simply means that the economic climate of that place is not rewarding hard work, labor, mm-hmm. and talent. I think that's true. I believe so too, because, because what he was, the picture he was trying to paint is this. He's saying that in order for somebody to be wealthy in a country or to succeed in a country, he has to be close as close as possible to power. That is through connections with the people that he knows. Mm-hmm. It's not through hard merit. work. It's not a matter of hard merit. Work and it's merit. not a matter of putting in the grind. If you compare it, for example, to countries like the US, for example, mm-hmm. the top five richest people are not the top five most powerful people True. in the land. It's True. very obvious. We still see the billionaire, the billionaires of the land going to court to guys like Mark Zuckerberg who are going to court mm-hmm. being questioned about all these and all, all these things. Whereas if it was in the same case here in this country, we would never see such a thing. It's very hard to see such a thing. And so it paints a picture that the, that the climate in the country does not reward that. So what do we do when the people who should reward us are ignoring us? What are we supposed to do? The reality is this, we have to take an individual, we have to take an individual approach. 
it's very hard to live a life where you expect somebody else to do something for you. We 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 we, we noticed as a, a very interesting statistic earlier about six percent. World Bank report. World Bank report. World Bank report. Yes, it says that six. It says that six percent of the workforce of the workforce work, work age force yeah. of the work age force here in the country mm-hmm. actually employed in the formal sector. Six percent. Six percent are in the informal. Sector. I even in had to Kenya, ask you. World, yeah, I had to ask you. Out of a hundred percent, yes, only six are in the formal sector. Such the bank, I work at the bank, hotel industry, like that. It's six percent. Forty-nine percent are exactly. in the informal sector. Look at that. And 46% are in the agricultural sector, according to that World Bank report. And the funny story is this, the 6% is where 90% of government's internal tax revenue collection is collected from people who are in the formal sector. Those 6% are supposed to generate 90% of our internal revenue. Yet you can imagine this strain. Yet that's <laughs> yet again the job creation is declining. Job creation is declining. It's declining at the Anybody who's in the informal sector in the formal <laughs> sector, sector, Josh. Yeah. If you ask them, yeah, the deductions they get on their pay alone. Yo VAT, fuel levies, you patriotism Just the pay that you're deducted. Yeah. You can live off the pay you're being deducted. Anybody you get, and at the same time, you simply can't afford to not have it. You simply can't afford. But also, this I will self-criticize. I think sometimes the biggest problem we have in this country Mm -hmm. is the middle class. Mm -hmm. Those people who work in the formal sector, Mm -hmm. in the formal that six Mm -hmm. percent. Reason being, they're the ones who strain the most in terms of tax collection. Mm -hmm. They're the ones who are demanded of the most in Mm -hmm. terms of tax collection. Mm They are the ones, if you ask me, mm-hmm. have, first of all, the knowledge, mm-hmm. the expertise, mm-hmm. the exposure mm-hmm. to push mm-hmm. for policy change mm-hmm. in whatever level. Mm-hmm. This, the, the country's, Kenya's middle class, for mm-hmm. me, I feel sometimes, mm-hmm. our problem in this country is the middle class. We are a mediocre the middle class in this country, me being in that group, mm-hmm. we are mediocre people mm-hmm. because Ukiangalia, in terms of, uh, like I've mentioned, we the, re, the tax collection is pegged mainly on the middle class, mm-hmm. very little on the business people and, and staff mm-hmm. because of uh, they they are close to, like you said, they are mm-hmm. close to power. They, are, mm-hmm. they influence mm-hmm. decisions. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to voting and electing people mm-hmm. who can then help change this policy, the middle class, the middle class people fail to turn up. Mm. We fail this country. Mm. Because sometimes I don't blame uh, people who go out and vote mm-hmm. and they are either not well educated mm-hmm. or they are, society has suppressed them. Mm. Because those are people who are, you know, if you're not empowered, mm. to some extent you're kind of desperate. Mm. Mm. If you are empowered, you have the autonomy. You can tell somebody, no, mm. I believe this. But if you're not empowered, mm-hmm. you're easily swayed mm-hmm. and you're easily played upon. Mm-hmm. The middle class fails to turn up because the leaders we get each and every year, the, the kind of leaders we get who would then help change these policies mm-hmm. never happens. If you can to complain, to complain, five years an election time comes, mm-hmm. I'm back to being a luo, you're back to being a kikuyu, mm-hmm. you're back to being a Luya and Taita and we vote on tribal lines. And then we'll come again three years later and complain about And complain about how the economy is hard, how jobs are declining, yeah. how Chinese are taking over. Yeah. 
you see so yeah. for me sometimes i think if as a middle class we would be able to really push through with ensuring that the leaders those policy makers we do an overhaul of them or we put them on notice mm. and we mean that notice that mm. if you don't do this by this 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 then we're not giving you a second chance mm. you just go mm. a lot would change mm. from that point if you ask this power in numbers this there power, is this power in agreement in numbers you know you know when it comes to a point where the most i mean i remember recently when we saw um there are some riots was it in kasarani because of the roads i remember the moment everybody stopped doing what they were supposed to doing what they're supposed to do the people who are supposed to do their job paid attention immediately they paid attention immediately and that road which they've been waiting to be made for god knows how long was made overnight yes how crazy is that yes. the power of coming together exactly. and the thing is this it's not a matter of rioting it's not a matter of going to the streets and saying hakieto it's a matter of tim you and i we agree this yes. is wrong and on an individual level we're not going to stand for this that when we go ahead and vote in the next election mm-hmm. we're not going to vote based off of tribe we're mm-hmm. going to based vote uh, we're going to vote based off of the policies and the issues at hand what solutions are you bringing to the table exactly Tim, if you and i can agree that the next election we're going to sit down and go through the manifestos of the people who are there and see and, and scrutinize and how think much has been achieved and what hasn't been achieved what hasn't been achieved we will have made a difference you and i, I one step so. at a time we do not have to go out to the streets and make crowds but they're just <laughs> going to shoot tear gas going to be chased away people are going to die yeah. and it's not going to make a difference in my opinion That's there's a place for that for some people in certain regard yes but if we can set it in our hearts to make a difference one individual at a time I tell you the truth we can stand in integrity and make a difference in this country that's true we can make a difference in this country and so yeah. basically that's the whole essence of what we're going to be discussing throughout the next couple of weeks in this whole series yeah. we want to see how can now we're going to go in the next in the next episode we're going to take it on a more practical level yes on a step by step basis like what um, can someone do like I don't have a job. What can I do to actually survive tomorrow? What can I do tomorrow to actually survive? We're going to try and tackle those issues one yes. step at a time by asking people for their opinions. We ask you for your opinion, yeah. share your story, yeah. share your views. We'd love to we'd love to help people through your own stories. Yes. And we're going to go and look at different sectors from unemployment to education to business mm-hmm. and ultimately our leadership, leadership as a whole. Yes. How can we tackle all these issues that we're facing that our that we and the generations ahead of us can have a much easier time than what we experience right at this now. very moment. Very well said. So we do hope you tune in next week. Yep. Yes, we'll have an interesting discussion on surviving Kenya. Surviving Kenya. Stay tuned. Well, surviving Kenya. Nakwambia. It's a struggle. It's a hustle. <laughs> But we'll get there. We'll, we'll get, get there. There's always hope. There's always hope. Yeah, discussions to inspire action. I tell you, one step at a time. Have a good one. Tuko kwa Twitter
Kikojana, tusipo siba ufa tutajenga kuhu.